could you get a first for Caruso? Yes. Caruso is so widely respected around the league. You could, and, and not only that, the contract's good. He's in the yeah. second year of what, a four-year, $36 million deal? You can get it absolutely. Got to have an unprotected first, but you could get a first for Caruso. Caruso's a guy that comes in to a, a title contending team and stabilizes their bench situation defensively, ha- shoots well enough, handles the ball well enough, and is he's well, he's a glue guy. He's a guy that, that fans love. He's a guy that players love to play with. He plays his backside. I'm one of LeBron's favorites. LeBron loved playing with him. So, no, I think you could absolutely get a first for Caruso. Okay, let's let's have fun and hypothetical, Ann Gelsey. Let's just start with your Knicks, for example. So, I think DeRozan does fit there well, but that still doesn't solve their three-point shooting problem. So I don't know how desperate they would be to get him to make that balance out. Additionally, Gobert is a multiple defensive player of the year, and I think that's why he still commanded that kind of return. I love Zach Levine. I think it's crazy when we're talking about, and I've said this before, before people were comfortable with the concept, when the public is talking about the idea of trading the player you just signed to a max deal. As a horrible indictment of the front office of the entire regime, whether or not you want to admit it. Like, that, that's a huge issue. But it's also how you're going to get all these pieces to fit in, the, in what we're talking about. Like, the Mavericks, for example, that's not going to be a very high draft pick either when you consider where they are right now in the Western Conference, and they're on the upswing, wouldn't you say? Yes, but you never know. You never know what happens. Luca gets hurt one year, and all of a sudden you end up bumping into a very high pick. Listen, you could have said that exact same thing about Anthony Davis with the Pelicans and the Lakers. And and so and listen, if the Lakers don't make the play in this year with Anthony Davis hurt like this, and LeBron's been playing on a superhuman level, but he's 38 years old, the Pelicans could end up with a very high pick this year, and you wouldn't have said that when that trade was made. Well, so Anthony he, Davis wanted out, though. I think that's the other piece of this, right? Understood, but I'm going to go back to an example, okay? So the Clippers signed Blake Griffin to a five-year, $175 million deal, which was not quite a max deal at the time, but was very close, okay? They, they They showed him a video up on the board in the Staples Center at the time of him retiring as a Clipper. Six months later, he was on the Detroit Pistons. All right. Now that was done because the Clippers decided we need to take a couple of steps back to take a few steps forward. And this contract is going to hamstring us from doing that. Here is my point. I don't know that I make that an indictment on our tourist carnivorous and Eversley if they make the decision to trade Levine because Levine, they don't think Levine's the guy that's going to lead them towards title contention. And it's, and, and by signing the guy to the deal, if you're able to go get value for him, it was asset retention. And sometimes these contracts are asset retention. So speaking of that, let me go to your Gobert scenario, Layla, because I think that's an important one to discuss. Contracts matter. Rudy Gobert was signed to an extension that was not necessary and absurd. The Gobert deal went down in the way that it went down, and no one ever would have come close to giving Utah what Minnesota gave them. Minnesota was desperate for a guy that they were able to say is an all-star player. And it didn't matter who, it didn't matter what position, they were desperate. That, that new ownership group, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, came in there and it was all about the big splash. Listen, they screwed up the whole market. I mean, the Nets are grateful to the extent that it allowed them to put a huge price tag on Kevin, Gar- on, on Kevin Durant that no one would pay, and now the Nets are the hottest team in the league because they kept Kevin Durant. So it's, it's had its trickle-down effect on the rest of the league. But Gobert commanded that 
pretty much with that contract extension attached. And that's not a good contract. That's a bad contract. And if you look at what's happening in Minnesota now, on the other side of that deal, that's a problem for them. Listen, if Zach Levine's knees healthy, he's a fantastic player. He, he, he can do things offensively that very few guys in this league can do. And if you have the defensive infrastructure to deal with the fact that he's not all that strong or all that intuitive on that end of the floor, he can be a guy that can help a team a lot. And so somebody I think could step up, but I don't, I, I'll, I'll hammer, listen, I'll hammer this Bulls front office over the Voost deal. I'm not going to hammer him for extending Zach Levine because it gives them a window. Even if they wanted to wait till next year, it gives them a window to be able to say, Hey, if we can't compete with this guy as our main guy, as long as he is healthy, we can go get a massive haul back for him. I, I don't criticize the fact that they signed him. I just, it's the symbolism, you know? What do you mean? Oh, just, just the fact that they just signed him to that max contract, the max. Well, to me, we was, haven't even been able to talk about that here. And it was also the timing after what was supposed to be a routine scope that for a while was limiting him almost inexplicably. It looks now to me, and this is watching almost every minute of these games, I'm not thinking about his knee anymore. When I watch Zach, I'm not thinking, ooh, you know, if only he were healthy, he would have finished differently or he would have changed direction a little differently. I think that's coming back. And maybe you're right. Maybe it comes back just in time for the right scout or you know the the right pro personnel director to say, you know, maybe this guy can help us. And, and I hope you're right. So the question I have, Gelsey, is who's going to win the NBA championship? Because I have no idea. It's I, I'll, here's the I'm not going to go out on a massive limb with this because it's really it's it's right now it's wide open. I would say it's going to be someone from the East. That I will tell you. And because it's the Eastern Conference, those top five teams. And by the way, Miami went and won against the Clippers the other night, who didn't have Kawhi. But they went and finally have their team back healthy. And Adebayo's made a big jump here this year. And Tyler Hero's made a big jump this year. You could make it six teams in the East. I don't think the Heat are necessarily a high-end title contender. By the way, I'm not sure the Cavs are either. But I think that the Celtics are. I think that the Nets are. I think the Bucks are. And I think the Sixers are. I think the Sixers have, have done what they've done, and they haven't had the Reese Maxey. He's coming back there. I think it's going to be someone from the East. I don't have a lot of confidence in anyone making a deep playoff run in the West, really, besides for uh, – the Nuggets are my favorite team in the West. I picked them to go to the finals beginning of the year. I'm very comfortable with that. Um, I think a lot of things that haven't gone well for them, and they're still sitting in the one seat there. So – it's it, again, we're right now, it's really, really wide open. The other thing I think you have to watch for, you know, two teams in the West I think are very interesting here, and both of them are not where I think they're going to end the season in the standings. One of them is the Clippers. Haven't had Leonard for more games than they, than they have had Leonard. And the other's and, the Warriors, right? And the other has to be the Warriors. It has to be. Listen, the Warriors have major issues. They have major issues on the bench. We have an owner who's willing to spend a gazillion dollars on payroll to try to maximize this Curry-Thompson-Green window, and you, can't, you, you cannot criticize it. You absolutely cannot criticize that fact. Um, but he's willing to do that. And what we've seen over the last week and a half, two weeks from Clay Thompson tells you that when Curry comes back, this Clay's getting it back, man. Mm-hmm. Clay's, and, and it's very interesting because we can talk about the knee being healthier, conditioning, timing, all of that. There was an adjustment with his shot that Ron Adams helped him with. He was leaning a little bit on his jumper. 
since that adjustment's been made, he's been a dead-eye shooter. And we've forgotten very quickly that Clay Thompson has been a guy who's been a complimentary player to Steph Curry all these years, but he always has had the potential to be a lead dog on a title contender. He's carrying them on his back right now. Listen, they're going to have to go get some bench help. They have, these young guys can't guard, and that's the biggest problem they have on this bench. Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman especially. Kaminga's been a little bit better. They're going to – I mean, this is a crazy statement. The Warriors are going to have to keep Dante DiVincenzo healthy. He is quite literally their best bench player. He's your best bench yeah, player. Yeah, or you're not so. going to have a bench. It's funny, but it's true. Okay? they got to keep him healthy. They, and he's been injured the large majority of his career. They need him. That's where they stand right now. It's going to be a very interesting team at the deadline to see how much they're willing to supplement that bench. But it has, you, you cannot right now, as bad as they've been on the road, when they get Curry back, and this is not a devastating injury that's going to linger all year with Curry. Curry will be back within, you know, two, three weeks here, and he's going to hit the ground running with Clay playing this way. The Warriors are going to be a second-half juggernaut here, I think, in the league. And, and I'll make this prediction. They're 20-18 and 18 right now, okay? They're five games in a loss column behind the Nuggets. The Warriors will still – I don't know if they get the one seed. They still make some kind of push for the one oh, seed. Oh, and, and, after everything the Nuggets fans are done, like I think this is the year that Denver well, actually comes out of the West. And, and I think you talked yourself – I agree with you, by the way. I agree with you, Layla. I pick them to go to the finals, and I'm not jumping off it. But I'm telling you – I've been those, trying to make Denver happen done. for years, but that, man. But that, that's the Caruso destination then. Everything you're talking about, yeah. that's a team where the owner and everybody and Steph go, hey, get me Caruso. Well, what's it going to cost? I don't care. Bad, bad first round pick, though. That's it, it may call Listen, there's your first round pick. There's your protected first round pick for Alex Caruso. Now, do they have the contract to send back to make it work? They can probably figure that out. Maybe it's one of the young guys. That's a, that's a great call, Dan. That is your Caruso destination because put Caruso there. Yep. And you can have Caruso and DiVincenzo coming off that bench to guard some people. Because keep one thing in mind, one of the other guys that's been so good for them and helped hold down the fort while they've been dealing with young guys and injuries and all that has been Kavan Looney. Kavon Looney has been terrific for this team. He's been fantastic. The other night against Atlanta, he had a huge offensive rebound late for them. And Looney's not one of these guys that gets an offensive rebound and treats it as an entitlement to take whatever shot he wants because he got an offensive rebound. Kicks it out, starts the offense over, unless it's a layup. Like, he's such a smart, instinctive player. He plays the pick and roll well. They won a title last year with him playing the five. And listen I don't think they're going to win it all again. I still think an East team's going to win it all. I picked the Sixers at the beginning of the year. Um, I, 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 don't, I like the way the Sixers look. The one team that right now that scares me with my Sixers prediction beyond any other is the Nets because the Nets are playing at a level that I did not think that they could get to this year. I called them lowest floor, highest ceiling team in the league when the season began. Well, at least this 12-game winning streak is even a higher ceiling than what I thought they could be. That's mm-hmm. how good they've been, and they're deep now. Everybody's healthy. They're deep. They look really – like their ceiling is higher than anybody's. With all that said, I still think we're looking at an East team likely to win the title. Brian Geltzeiler, outstanding. This is great. Thank you.